0: stand to your feet. Let's worship the Lord. It is so sweet to trust in Jesus. Amen. let to yourself all right we're so glad that you're here this morning and we want to tell you this morning all the theme this morning is that the battle belongs to the lord amen jesus will go before you he will fight your battles for you he is your warrior for you you can take it to him amen so let's uh, let's sing this song the battle belongs to the lord amen here we go one two three four Face. Let's tell somebody you're glad to see him this morning. We're going to have a time of fellowship. Tell somebody uh, that you're glad to be here and glad to see him this morning. If you would you can find your place go ahead and be seated and uh, brother martin's gonna come he's gonna give us a few announcements this morning that's a good fellowship but you can go
1: ahead and be seated good morning all right so first things first uh, We want to welcome visitors if we have any first time visitors just signify it by raising your hand we just want to get it documented that you were here today Um, You can just, uh, right up here, Brother Gary, um, just fill out this little card, drop it in the basket on your way out. Uh, Just a reminder, we do have a full Wednesday slate, Uh, Wednesday more than Bible study in the Fellowship Hall from 10 to 11. Uh, We do have Wednesday night services. Uh, Dinner is at 6 p.m., and then the youth meet in here, and we have Bible studies for adults and little kids in the other rooms. I do want to mention this Wednesday, uh, for those of you that bring your children to church, we are having Fields of Faith. It is at Chapel Hill Football Stadium. It starts at 7 o'clock. Our whole church congregation is invited. I believe there's still going to be classes here for that night. There will be, but uh, anybody who wants to go, uh,
0: I think Miss Cheryl, where Miss Cheryl go? Uh, will you have the van, or are we gonna, can we take the van to the stadium that
1: night? She's going to use it for the... Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, uh, we can carpool. Anybody wants to go, just let me know on Wednesday night that wants to go down to the stadium and we'll get some
1: carpools together. And just FYI, um, Ms. Cheryl will only be picking up the older kids to bring to the stadium. It's a lot to bring little kids here, but there still may be some little kids that their parents may bring and pick up. But Ms. Cheryl will not be bringing them that night. Uh, Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning Sunday school was amazing today the teacher is awesome (laughs) we do need help for teachers uh, and helpers to help with children toddlers on Wednesday nights just see Miss Cindy on that if you would like to volunteer Uh, we also use volunteers for yard work at the church see brother carrier brother Gary Curry or brother Mark for that Uh, Your giving can be done live or in an an envelope or online at giving.landmarktyler.com. You just have to simply set up your PayPal and then you can just send this money with the click of a button. We are looking for a small piece of land to put a trailer on in the area, so if anybody knows of a small piece of land, please let us know. Uh, We are having a movie night on October 30th at 6 p.m. Uh, October 30th, we're having a movie night. The next thing that we have uh, coming up, we need candy. We've got a fall festival on Wednesday, October the 26th. Um, our pile of candy is about this high. I want it to get about this high. <laughs> we did have a huge turnout last year for, uh, for uh, our fall festival. Uh, we will need volunteers to run games and booths or hand out tracks. Or if you're talented in face painting, whatever your talent is, we'll use it amen. Uh, we also have life recovery class uh, today at 2 p.m. Uh, it will meet here. Uh, then also, we need water. Again, it's water is a constant thing, but uh, we are running a little bit low, so if you pick up a case of water, pick up two for the church. Um, and then the last thing I have for you, the rumors are true. OU sucks. Hook them horns. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh goodness
0: we better get back to jesus on that one amen all right well it's good to see you uh hey don't forget again uh man uh fall festival coming up there is a sign-up sheet back there if you can help us we're trying to get everything organized and ready to go so if you can help in any way even if you don't know what you can do just put wherever needed uh but there's a sign-up sheet on the back table back there there's also some of these door hangers you have some neighbors or something that you know not going to church anywhere hey uh there are people that need this family there are people that need your encouragement, and we need them, quite honestly. We need them and, and uh, their talents, their abilities, their gifts. And so this is just a little invite card. Uh, you might not ever get anybody to the door, but everybody can hang that on a, on a doorknob or, or on the door. And so it's a great way to invite people. We also have little smaller invite cards back there. All that's at that back table you can get on your way out. Well, we're so glad you're here. Let's all stand, and we're going to continue to worship if you would. Uh, it's the name of Jesus There's power in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that at the name of Jesus, the very demons of hell tremble. Amen. So there's power. I speak Jesus. Let's sing it together. One, two, three, four. Be seated. We want to sing this great song, and Brother Kelly is going to sing this for us, and it's a great Zach Williams song called Heart of God.
3: go Sitting there shaking his head, riding you off, leaving you lost. He's not sitting there shaking his head, wishing he never went to that cross. He's not sitting there shaking his head, riding you off, leaving you lost. He's not sitting there shaking his head. He went to that cross, he went to that cross. because He loves you so much. There's only love in the heart of God. No more shame in His open arms, his beauty from ashes.
0: God, we thank you for the heart of God. We thank you, God, that you have a heart for your children. Lord, I pray that today we would live in the fact that we are no longer paupers. We're no longer uh, those that struggle, God. But God, you literally tell us we've been adopted into your family. That, God, we are now sons and daughters of the King. We have direct access to you. And, Lord, may we live like that. We don't want to live any longer as slaves and paupers. We want to live as sons and daughters of the king, Lord. And we thank you for your heart for us. Lord, I pray that, God, now you would take this time as we worship through the preaching of your word, God. And I pray that you would move me out of the way. Holy Spirit, may you use me as your vessel, God. I'm an imperfect man serving a perfect God. So, God, use me as your vessel today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? amen amen well if you have children that would like to go to children's church uh meet miss cindy and uh, miss ginger over at the door over there and they will got a wonderful lesson for you this morning and a wonderful time will be had by all all right (coughs) everybody good this morning that was not real encouraging is everybody good this morning All right, all right. Asked somebody that earlier, and they said, "Well, I'm here," and I said, "Well, some days that's about all you could muster, amen. But better here than sitting at home or by yourself, amen. Uh, Sometimes when you feel like I don't want to go this morning, or I'm not in a good mood, or I'm just not feeling real." Godly this morning, guess what? That's the day you need to get down here double time. Amen. That's the day we need it the most And so uh, if all you can say this morning is well, I'm here. That's a good thing And so I want to tell you the Lord wants to say something to you. The Lord wants to speak something to you I believe that every Sunday that we meet it's no mistake that God brings here exactly who's here that doesn't mean that he didn't want others to be here some people said well you know what i'm just god i don't want to hear from you i i don't want to lord i just want to stay in the bed this morning or whatever and that's the easy choice uh to make amen to stay home stay in the bed uh many times unfortunately when we get into depression or we get lonely or we get to feeling uh kind of negative about ourselves or bad about ourselves we want to isolate don't we and that's why we want to stay at home and we want to stay in the bed but I'm here to tell you God didn't design us to live life that way God designed us to need each other God designed us to be with each other to encourage one another the Bible says it like this so that if one of you stumbles and falls the other one is there to help pick him up amen that's why we need each other church online Hey, everybody how y'all doing we normally have 50 60 people that'll watch online and I'm waving at y'all this morning and I'm glad we have technology where you can watch online But get on down here you need to be down here amen because you're missing a key component and that is there's just I can't encourage you through that camera I'm trying to give you good words but I can't touch you I can't I can't shake your hand I can't hug your neck I can't give you personal words of encouragement if you're not physically here amen so it's wonderful for folks that just can't get here and we even have people in other states and uh, there's a brother in the Philippines that watches us and has even used a couple of our uh, services. And so it's a wonderful technology, but unfortunately, sometimes it makes us a little lazy, doesn't it? Because it's like, hey, you know, I can get my pajamas, get my cup of coffee, and I can have church in my living room. Amen. That's, that's okay. That's one thing. And if you're sick or something, that's a wonderful thing. But it does not take the place of being here and physically being with other brothers and sisters in Christ All right, that's a whole nother sermon. I'll leave that one. alone. right. So we've been talking about Supernatural things the Holy Spirit last week. I talked specifically about spiritual warfare I uh, talked about how you know, we all want to believe we live in a culture today that everybody wants to believe in heaven But nobody wants to believe in hell we all want to uh, believe in angels most of us have some little those, some of those little angel statues all over our house but nobody wants to believe in demons can i tell you this the bible speaks of uh a god god and satan he speaks of that there always has to be there is good there is evil amen and you can't take one and say i just refuse to believe in the other throw your bible in the trash if you're not going to believe all of it it's to me the bible's an all or nothing thing Unfortunately, we live in a culture today says, well, I want to believe that part, but I don't like that part. So I don't believe it. Mm-mm, that's not the, it's it's all or nothing it on the front of the Bible. It says the Holy Bible and on many of them, it says the word of God. It either is or it ain't folks. Amen. So if you believe it is live by it, if you don't want to believe all of it, you might as well just throw it in the trash because it's an all or nothing thing. God has given it to you. People want to say, well, there's no. There's no book. There's no uh, instruction manual. Yes, there is. It's called the Holy Bible. Amen. And uh, I I love what somebody said. Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. Amen. I like that. I like that. Uh, So anyway, read your Bible. uh, Believe it. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. There is spiritual warfare that goes on every single day you get up. Now, last week I talked about how you go to battle every day. And one of the greatest things you can do I try to do this every morning before I get out of the bed as soon as my eyes pop open I I pray and I say Lord, you're gonna have to help me today First thing is Lord. I want you to go before me. I want you to fight all my battles for me uh, Several of those songs we sang this morning were about letting the Lord go and before us and fight the battles for us But guess what the Lord says I will fight the battle for you I will go with you. But guess what you got to come along too because it's your life and so he says the devil is not going to like some of the things you're gonna to do today if you're trying to live for the Lord the devil doesn't like it and so he will attack you and so every day when you get out of that bed and your feet hit the floor the enemy is trying to attack you you are going to battle whether you realize it or not now if you go to battle and you refuse to admit that you're in a battle how do you think you're gonna do in that battle you you ain't gonna win it because you went in not even knowing you were in a battle so you're totally unprepared and the enemy will come in and he will overtake you all right but if you get up every morning and you say Lord I'm going to battle today I need you to fight the battles for me and I'm gonna put on the full armor of God you remember the scripture we we read it last week talks about putting on the full armor of God I'll just shortly go over it it says the helmet of salvation the breastplate of righteousness the belt of truth uh, the shoes of peace and then the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit all right and Notice there's a, a very specific thing. It says put on the full armor of who? Not your armor. Now, I, I did a, a, a sermon one year on the uh, armor of God, and I went down to Toys R Us, and I bought a little set of armor, and I, I should have done that for y'all. It would have been quite hilarious, amen? But I had on this little toy helmet, and this little toy, it wouldn't fit, of course, so I kind of had to just strap it and duct tape it on. And then it had a little little belt of truth. And uh, that's what your armor looks like. Uh, If it it was my armor, it ain't going to do any any good because my armor is weak. My armor is Toy Story stuff, all right? But it says, put on your armor, put on the full armor of... God, all right, it is his armor and guess what when you put on God's helmet and God's breastplate and you pick up God's shield and his sword You are mighty for warfare and you're ready to go All right, so a lot of people don't understand that that breastplate of righteousness. Well, I can't be righteous I I can't be good enough to be considered righteous. No, you're exactly right You can't but guess what God says you get to put on his breastplate of righteousness So, whenever it talks about be holy because God is holy or be righteous like God is righteous, we all say, I can't do it. Look, here's the preacher right here. I will be the first to tell you. Any preacher who stands up here and tells you he's perfect and he's got it all figured out and he's got it all together and be like me because I'm perfect, you better run the other direction. I'm not a preacher who will tell you that. I'm a preacher who will tell you, I'm flawed just like you're flawed. I'm flesh and blood just like you're flesh and blood. I'm weak just like you're weak. I struggle just like you struggle. And so, whatever I say, the same for me, it goes for you. We're all struggling. We all need God to go before us and fight our battles. Amen? And I'm no different from you. I'm still trying to figure out why God called me. I hadn't figured it out yet. But for whatever reason, He's called me to stand up here and do this. He's called you to do other things. That's okay. But guess what? We are all called. And whatever God calls you to do, do not ignore his Holy Spirit. That's part of what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, The Holy Spirit has several functions, and one of them is to show you what is your purpose in life. Now, you may look at me and you may say, God ain't got no purpose in my life. You are dead wrong. God did not create anybody in this room to not have purpose. Now, obviously, it's not the same for me. It's not the same for you. But it, and it's not my job to figure out yours, it's your job. But God created you with specific gifts. We're going to talk about those two, uh, the, the specific gifts. And then there are gifts of the Holy Spirit, then there are very specific talents and gifts. You may say, well, what, what does God make me for? And many of us think, well, it's a mystery. God it, God has this giant puzzle, and i got to try to put it No, it's not a mystery. God did, didn't design it to be a mystery. Look at your life and say, what, what are my natural passions? What are the things that I'm naturally gifted at and good at? And how can I use those things, the things that I'm already passionate about, the things that I'm already gifted at? Look at your past life experiences. Where has God led you and what jobs? And through those jobs, what talents have you developed? And just look at all that, and you've got a clue. God's Because God has already been designing you, whether you realize it or not, however old you are for the past 15 years 20 years 30 40 years he's been leading and guiding and designing you headed towards that purpose But many people just never put it into gear What is it that you're already passionate about? What is it that's already fresh on your heart? What talents and gifts did god give you? I surrendered to the ministry. I got saved when I was 15 And I surrendered to the ministry when I was 17 did I have Any clue what that meant? Does any 17-year-old really have any clue what that means? No. But I did know this. I knew God had created me. Somebody had taught me well enough to teach me. God has done something with my life. He's given me specific gifts. At that time, I loved music. And so I knew music would somehow be involved. You may find this hard to believe, but I was terribly shy. You can ask Julie. I was terribly shy. I don't even know how she ever went out with me. Amen? Uh, Because I didn't have the guts to ask her out. Uh, But, you know, God just arranged it somehow. But also God developed in me as I grew and got older. He developed in me the ability to teach and to speak, even though I I had a a very big uh, fear of public speaking. But God just brought me out of that. Amen? So if you will let God do things, he will shape you mold you change you and prepare you for whatever he has called you to do amen so let me jump right in two scriptures at the beginning uh john 14 verses 16 and 17 says and i will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever verse 17 the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him i want you to remember that part because uh, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you all right so here's one of the first things about the holy spirit you need to realize the holy spirit is not a gut feeling it's not even your conscience it's not an it you know, we can get real spooky about it. Some people call it the Holy Spirit. Other people call it the, ooh, the Holy Ghost. Amen. And then that gets really creepy. Baptists really get freaked out on that one. You know, the Holy Ghost. Good Lord, is there a ghost in the room? You know, but the Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not a ghost. The Holy Spirit is a person. And it is one of the parts of God Uh, You've heard about the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so you can speak to the Holy Spirit just like you can speak to the Father and to the Son. But many of us, that third person of the Trinity, mm, that Holy Spirit thing, I I can deal with God the Father, and I love Jesus. I can deal with Jesus, but that, mm, that, that Holy Spirit thing, that makes me a little nervous. I don't like that. I've seen people get full of what they call the Holy Spirit and they just are acting crazy, amen. I'm here to tell you it is nothing to fear. Uh, the Holy Spirit is is part of the Trinity, and it's a part sometimes that we don't communicate with enough, and we don't give enough credit to, because there's certain specific jobs that the Holy Spirit has. And we're going to talk about that, all right? Uh, the second scripture is John 16, 7. This says this: Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. And this is Jesus talking right before he left to go to heaven. He said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that That I go away for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you But if I depart, I will send him to you now before we leave that verse look at it the helper Who is the helper? Holy Spirit notice that helper is spelled with a capital H Whenever it's talking about God. It uses a capital pronoun Keep going Uh, If I do not go away the helper will not come to you, but if I depart I will send him capital h to you again god is three parts all equal and they're all god the father the son and the holy spirit that's why when jesus came and made himself on equal standing with god that's why it drove the jews crazy that's why they wanted to kill him because they wanted they could not when you that was blasphemy And that was punishable by death if you put yourself equal with God. And so this is saying God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three different entities, but all the same. You may say, well, Brother Mark, that makes no sense to my little mind. Let me try to explain it to you. Mark Trammell, standing right here in front of you, one guy. Mark Trammell was the son of Floyd Trammell. All right? Then Mark Trammell became the father to Matthew, Joshua, and Faith Trammell. And guess what? Now he is the grandfather uh, to AK and to Maggie and fixing to be, what's this new one's name? Tate, Tater Tot. That's what I'm going to call this one. They said Tate. I said, all right, I'm going Tater Tot. I don't care what y'all call it, all right, because I love Tater Tots. Um, Anyway, so that's, uh, I'm one person, yet three distinct entities, all right, but the same person. All right, okay. So the Holy Spirit gives you the power To do certain things and we're gonna go over these new believers will not understand the power of the Holy Spirit if you go back to that first scripture we read it said that they will not understand the Holy Spirit until you receive the Holy Spirit you are not gonna understand the Holy Spirit all right so if the Holy Spirit makes you nervous first thing I would say I'm not saying you're not saved but I am saying you might need to check out where you are at with God all right because again the Holy Spirit should be your friend the Bible tells us that when we get saved The helper or the holy spirit as jesus said will come if if the son of god himself says hey guys i did a lot of cool things didn't i jesus came performed miracles died on a cross for everyone's sins and when the son of god says there's one greater than me that's a big statement when the son of god says i gotta leave because there's one greater than me and he can't come until i leave and he will have an ability the holy spirit will have the ability to reach everybody at the same time where i am limited because i am physical while i'm here on this earth i gotta leave and the holy spirit will be able to come and here's what the ability of the holy spirit is to speak to every single person's room in this heart in this room and speak to you personally and he may something say something totally different to jared over here and he may say something totally different to brother nelson over there that's the power of the holy spirit and jesus said i gotta leave So the Holy Spirit can come and then we know what went on from there the day of Pentecost Peter gets up and starts preaching and the Holy Spirit shows up And three thousand people get saved pop one meeting just like that Amazing what God, God can do. All right, so here is what the Holy Spirit gives you the power to do number one The Holy Spirit gives you the power of salvation Now you may say well, I thought salvation came through Jesus He did but guess what? Let's read a couple of verses here Uh, John um, 3 5 and 6 Jesus answered most assuredly I say to you unless one is born of the water and of the what spirit Spirit. he cannot enter the kingdom of God the Holy Spirit has to be a part of when you get saved always tell people if you're witnessing to somebody and you can tell their eyes are rolled back in their head and they are not engaged and you can tell the Holy Spirit is nowhere near, then just stop and say, you know what? Man, I'm gonna pray for you. I've, I've told you the gospel, uh, but you know I'm not gonna push you, and I'm just gonna back up a little bit. I'm gonna continue to pray for you. We'll talk about it another time. Because the Bible said that unless the Holy Spirit draws them, we're giving them something false. The Holy Spirit needs to draw them to salvation, amen? So you need to understand that unless the Holy Spirit is drawing them You're wasting your breath. You're wasting your time. Amen. So stop just stop where you're at pray for them And move on. All right. How did Jesus give an invitation? Did Jesus do like we do? Oh come forward. The buses will wait come forward Come forward and shake my hand. We'll say a prayer come forward sign a card I'll give you a card you put your name on it. That is not how Jesus did it You know how Jesus got people to follow him? Jesus would give them the truth And then he would say, If you love me, obey me. I'm going to walk this way. And if you want to follow me, get up and come follow me. Otherwise, just stay where you're at. That's how Jesus did it. There wasn't no signing, no card. There wasn't walking, no aisle. It was basically, I'm giving you the truth. And if you want to follow me, then follow me. If you don't, whatever. Now, he didn't say that. I'm paraphrasing. (laughs) Brother Mark said, Jesus said, whatever. You know? But. That's kind of what he did It said he would go from town to town And when he gave the gospel And when he would leave that town He would shake the dust off his hands Shake the dust off his feet And move on Amen He he is a king not a beggar He died for you But he will not force you to love him or live for him Amen You want to call yourself an atheist Agnostic Pagan Whatever you want to call yourself uh, It don't matter That's fine Awesome You know because God is a king, not a beggar. I'm going to give you the truth. I'm going to give you the gospel. I'm going to stand up here and preach the gospel. But if you don't want it, that's awesome. That's your choice. I love you. Sure hope you do it someday. Sure hope you come to him. But my job, I can't do it for you. I can't accept Christ for you. I can't make you believe it's the truth. You have to decide that in your own heart, and your own mind. That's why it's called a personal decision for Jesus Christ. I can't do it for you in as much as I would love to get saved for every person in this room. That is not my job My job is to give you the gospel And here's what the Bible tells me that once I give you the gospel You hear it with your own ears and you are old enough to comprehend it and have a, uh, have enough age and To where you can be accountable for it once you've heard the gospel and you can comprehend it. You are accountable for it And there's no excuse I've given you the gospel you're accountable, no excuse. All right, we clear there. And I, as much as I would love to do it for, every, if I could get saved for everybody in this room, I would. But I can't do it. I can only do it for Mark Trammell. So you must decide. You must decide. And many people say, "Well, you know, them church people, them Christians down there, they hate us." No, no, because we're all just beggars, and we were all lost till we were found too. You know that old song, "Amazing Grace," how sweet the sound. I once was lost, but now I'm found. We don't think we're better than anybody. We're just a bunch of beggars down here who found a piece of bread who now want to go tell other people there's a piece of bread. There's a guy who is the bread of life, and there's a guy who is the water of life, and he told me you will never thirst again and you will never hunger again if you have him. And I found that piece of bread, and I just, I'm just one beggar trying to tell another beggar, hey, guys, there's free bread over here. There's free water over here. And this bread and this water, you will never hunger again. You will never thirst again. Amen. I ain't better than nobody. I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. I'm an imperfect person serving a perfect God. And I'm just trying to tell others, this ain't always easy. This ain't always fun. Because people don't like to hear the truth sometimes. But I'm here to tell you, it's what God's called me to do. And it don't always make you the most popular guy on the planet. But he's called me to do it. If I don't stand up here and give you the truth and call sin, sin, and tell you that you need to repent and you need to confess your sins and you need to turn to Jesus, then I'm not doing my job. And that's what he's called me to do. So Jesus is part of your salvation. Romans eight sixteen. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit is part of what testifies that you are a child of God. The Bible goes a little further. If you remember the scripture, it says if if you're a child of his, he will discipline you because God doesn't discipline illegitimate children. So if you really belong to him when you sin, you should feel conviction. That's another part of the job of the Holy Spirit. Where does that conviction come from? You know, before I got saved, uh, I could do something wrong. I could look at something wrong. I could uh, say something bad, and it didn't bother me at all. Then I get saved, and there's this thing, the Holy Spirit, that comes and lives with me. And now, all of a sudden, I say something I said before I got saved, or I do something I did. And now, all of a sudden, there's this, something feels wrong. Something doesn't feel right. That's called conviction. That means the Holy Spirit is living in there, and he is bearing witness to your spirit that you don't belong to yourself anymore. And that breaks the heart of God. What you just did breaks the heart of God. And that is part of the testimony that you know you're a child of God. Amen. Conviction's is a good thing. I don't like the feeling of conviction, but it actually is a very good thing because it means that I am a child of God. Because he disciplines those whom he loves that are his children. All right. Uh, number two thing uh, that uh, gives you, uh, the Holy Spirit gives you the power to walk in God's will. John 14, 26 says this. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, and he gets called the helper a lot, whom the Father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. You ever done something, said something, or gone in a place you know you should not have said, been, or done? And there's this little voice in the back of your head, or there's there's this little scripture that all of a sudden comes into the back of your head. That's what that's talking about. The Holy Spirit. One uh, one name is the Helper. Another name is the Guide. He will guides you now many of us want to think of God's will again as some big giant mystery and God is playing games with us God don't want you to know his will it's a he's playing crazy mind games with you no it's very clear he wants you to move close to him you know how it says most time God speaks with a still small voice and so that means I got to shut out all the noise of Facebook Instagram the television the radio, and I need to zone in on God and say, God, what do you want? Even my friends. And I have good Christian friends, but sometimes God says, Mark, I don't want you to ask 100 friends what you're supposed to do. Aren't I first in your life? Come ask me first. I may tell you something totally different than even your Christian friends tell you. And who are you going to listen to? Unfortunately, most of us say, well, I'm going to listen to my friends. That's not what God said. God says, sometimes I'm going to ask you to do something that I'm not even going to reveal to anybody else but just you. And I want to see, will you really listen to me? I'm your guide. The Holy Spirit says, I'm right here, Mark. I will guide you. I will show you all things. I will be your helper. But you got to listen to me. I won't make you follow me. I won't make you choose what I tell you to do. All right? And uh, another scripture is John 16, 13. However, when he... The spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. All right? I'm going to tell a little story here, and the only other person in the room that's going to know this uh, relate to this story is Brother J.T. back there. Because I used to work, many of you know my other job is I'm an audio engineer. I run sound for bands and for uh, different events, different things like that. And I used to be an audio engineer at KLTV News. I'd get up and go do the early morning show every morning. And uh, it's a very interesting place to work, isn't it, JT? JT used to work at uh, KETK, kind of in the same vein. And uh, if you'll notice on the nightly news, you'll notice the news anchors usually are wearing, there's this little wire that goes up to their ear. And they're usually wearing an earpiece. And everybody, the camera guys, the audio guys, the director, uh, the guy running the videos all that stuff everybody's got a headset or an ear set in so that everybody can communicate with each other and that director is talking in the ear of those newscasters and he's telling them what's coming up next or if he wants if there's a change in a story uh, there's also a lot of very colorful language usually that's going on around there amen uh, yes uh, they're, they're not always the the cleanest language there and so I learned a lot of new words there um, but uh, it's it's so that the people who are live, because live TV doesn't happen much anymore. Actual newscasts are still one of the few last actual live events. And so there's no do-overs when it's live. And so that's so they can tell those newscasters, here's what's coming up next. We've changed this. Uh, smile more. You're slouching. Whatever it may be, they're getting told in their ear. Guess what? That's exactly how God wants to. That last verse we read, it says, the Holy Spirit's in your ear. He's in your earpiece. And God is talking to him and then he's talking into your ear. He's saying hey This don't don't go that direction go this direction Somebody's gonna ask you to go here. Don't go there. Don't go there But choose to do this today and he's in your ear and he says I will be in that earpiece all day long But you know what sometimes you'll see one of those newscasters get a little aggravated Or they get a little people are talking too much in their ear You ever seen this James and they'll pop that thing out? I'm tired of listening. I don't want to hear that no more. Amen. Guess what? God's a gentleman. You can do that. He says, I will not force you. You want to pop the earpiece out? You know, you're tired of hearing what I say? Pop the earpiece out. You're on your own, but pop the earpiece out. All right? The Holy Spirit says he will guide you. He will tell you every single thing. But guess what? Here's a key component. The volume has to be turned up in the earpiece, and you have to have it in, and you have to be listening. You can choose not to listen. You can choose to ignore. All right. Number three thing, to share Christ boldly. All right. First Corinthians 2, 4, and 5 says this, in my speech, this is Paul talking, who we consider one of the best preachers in the world. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Can I give you the secret to preaching? Don't do it in your own power. Which is hard to do Because I got to stand up here and I got to give you something Whether I feel like the Spirit's giving it to me or not Every Sunday, 52 weeks a year Y'all show up And you're expecting me to say something You're expecting to be profound You're expecting To get a word from God And I got to be honest with you Some weeks I'm going, God (laughs) I ain't got no word What's going on, Lord? These people are going to show up here in 10 minutes What am I going to do? Amen. But it has to do with the spirit and the power of God. Paul recognized when I preach in my own power, it's pretty obvious. Nothing happens. But when I preach in the power of the Holy Spirit, everything changes. Can I say that's true not just in preaching but in every single area of your life? When you say, God, I give control to you. When you give the keys to God, when you give the keys to the Holy Spirit, And you move over to the passenger seat and you say, Lord, you're driving. Because I done messed it up. I done got us lost. When you give that over to him, it's amazing how your life will change. Your life will. Can I tell you today, if I could encourage you, if anything, you don't hear anything else today, it's get out of the driver's seat, give him the keys, and let him go. It will change your life. I can't explain to you. Can I explain to you? How I ended up standing up in front of people and talking to people and ended up in ministry full time. And God's led me, give me the opportunity to go all over the world and to different nations and, uh, and share the gospel and do different things. Can I explain to you how all that happened? No. All I can tell you is I just tried to listen to God. And a lot of the time I took his advice and I went his direction and God opened up doors that I never would have thought would have been opened. Guess what, though? I've also done the other way, too. I've said, nah, Lord, that sounds too hard. I want to do it my way. And I've had to learn the hard way. It always ends in bad. When I do it my way, it's a mess. It's a mess. Acts 4.31 says this. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Mark, I, don't, I can't witness to people. I don't know what to say. Uh, what if they ask a question I don't know the answer to? I'm going to give you a great piece of advice here from the preacher. I don't know. The preacher said that before. But you're the preacher. It's okay. And I find that's a lot better than me trying to fudge my way and pretend like I know Sometimes people will ask me a question. Guess what? It's a big Bible, and there's a lot of stuff in there, and there's some things that fall into that gray area, and somebody will ask me something, I'll say, you know what? I don't know, but let me go study that. Come back to me in a week, and we'll sit down, and we'll have a discussion about it. That's the right thing to do. Don't, Don't try to act all high and mighty and act like you're smarter than you really are. Listen, I will admit to you, the preacher, I don't know all the answers. I don't even know what most of the questions are. I'm still trying to figure all this out myself, amen? But I knew though that Jesus loves me. He saved me. He gave his life for me. He spilled his blood for me. And he called me to do this right here. And again, every day's an adventure. Some days I think I'm brilliant, (laughs) very few days. And some days I think, boy, you are dumb as dirt. What was God thinking, amen? But it's okay. It's okay because God uses imperfect people. Who were the disciples? A bunch of misfits, fishermen, stunk, stunk like fish, never had stood up in front of anybody and spoke publicly, never had done anything, and God used them to turn the world upside down. The world at that time was turned completely upside down by 12 nobodies. Amen? Amen. So guess what? You're in good company. Amen? We're all just a bunch of dumb nobodies, all right? And God can use any of us, all right? uh so serve Christ share Christ boldly if you will just ask the lord to put the words in your mouth it's amazing what god will do and i've told you this before quit trying to be so you don't go to seminary seminary will just mess you up amen don't don't try to be brilliant your story is the most powerful weapon you have in sharing the gospel how christ changed your life how you realized that you were a sinner and you were a mess and you needed a savior and I just asked Jesus, Jesus, I need you. You got to save me. That's all you need. Your personal story is exactly what somebody needs to hear because somebody is living a very similar life to you. I got saved when I was 15. Amen. Uh, where's Greg? Greg got saved. Where'd Greg go? Where'd Greg go? Greg got saved. How old were you, Greg? 59. So my story is told two years ago. Give him a hand. Amen. That's good. So, so my story sounds totally different from Greg's story, amen? But there's some people that relate more to my story, and there's some people that relate more to Greg's story. But it's the most powerful thing you have. Just share. All the sharing of the gospel is is sharing what Christ has done with you and how you met him, all right? I'm going to ask the band to come on up, I'm going to finish these, all right? But number four, he gives you the power to live a holy life. You say, Brother Mark, I can't live a holy life. Yes, you can, because it ain't your holiness, it's God's holiness. Romans uh, 8, 5, and 6 says this. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help you to live a holy life, because it's not your holy life, it's God's holiness. Remember I talked about putting on the armor of God? Guess what? The righteousness of God and being righteous is just like that armor, let's call it a coat. And when I put on my the coat of righteousness, it's not my coat, I'm putting on God's coat. And it's not my righteousness, it's his. It's his and I get to put on his coat because he's my daddy and I'm his kid. You ever gone outside when it's cold and you wore your jacket but one of your kids forgot to bring their jacket. What are you going to do as a daddy? If you're a good daddy, you're going to take that coat off and stick it on that kid or stick it on your wife men. I'm giving you a good one here amen uh, but take your coat off give it to your wife amen because and, and so I'm giving this to you and you wear it it's not yours it's mine but I'm giving it to you that's what God says it's you're not perfect you're not holy you're not righteous but I'm your father and you're my child and I'm gonna give it to you and you you cloak yourself with it and you put it on all right uh, so you can live a holy life uh, number five to make a difference with spiritual gifts. I'm going to list these spiritual gifts. And I'm, I'm running behind here, so I'm just going to wipe through them. Here are, have you ever heard the spiritual gifts? They're listed uh, in, uh, uh, I believe, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But if you've never heard them, here they are. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That is not an easy list, is it, folks? But those—that's what the Holy Spirit can give you that you don't have in your own life. All right. Uh, number. Uh, so here's some spirit-filled advice. Number one: Do not resist the Spirit. You can obey or you can ignore. We can quench the Spirit by ignoring Him. We said we uh, Wednesday morning Bible study. We came across this verse that said, "Do not quench the Spirit." Uh, what is quenching the Spirit? Uh, How many of you like campfires? I love a campfire. I don't like camping. I want to sleep in my own bed. Amen. Uh, But I do like a good campfire. I like to get outside and be around the campfire. But at the end of the night, when you're ready to go to bed, what do you do? You take some water and you throw the water, extinguish the fire. Amen. That's what quenching the spirit is doing. It's putting out the fire. God wants to light that fire and he wants to keep that fire going in your life. But we quench the spirit. How do you quench the spirit? By ignoring it. Again, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. He wants to tell you what direction to go. He wants to tell you how you can use your gifts for Him. But if I take the earpiece out, and I I have the choice to ignore Him, and so I just threw water on the fire. I quenched the spirit. Okay. Uh, number two thing is to be filled with the Spirit. Look at Ephesians five eighteen. Now, some of y'all going to really like this one because I'm going to tell you, being full of the Holy Spirit, God can. Uh, Paul compared it with being drunk. Some of y'all are very familiar with that. Amen? Come on, lighten up, y'all. <laughs> no, y'all don't act all religious on me. Yeah, out of here. He says, and do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. So, I know nobody in this room, by your lack of laughter, has ever been drunk. <laughs> right. Um, but if you've ever been drunk... Uh, Alcohol will make you do things you wouldn't normally do mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody in here knows about that mm-hmm. Of course it will it will make you say stupid things. It will make you do stupid things. It will give you uh, some call it liquid courage <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Again, y'all are trying y'all are looking mighty or self-righteous to me. <laughs> Come on now uh, and but Paul was smart enough to know his crowd <laughs> And so he said, listen, I'm going to tell y'all, some of y'all been drunk. Some of y'all need to get drunk on the Holy Spirit, not on alcohol. Because it works very similar. The Holy Spirit can enter you, and he will make you say things you wouldn't normally say, do things you wouldn't normally do, and follow God in a way that you would not normally follow God. Amen? Just like alcohol will do that none of y'all have ever drank. Amen? All right. Uh, Alcohol will control you. And it will make you do things you would not normally do, but the Spirit of God wants to live in you, and it wants to uh, make you do things for God. Here's God's promise to you, and we'll end on this. Acts 2, 38 and 39. Then Peter said to them, repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you do those things, this is what happened in Acts chapter 2. Peter was preaching. 3,000 people got saved on this, this sermon right here. He says, repent. That means recognize your sin, turn away from it, confess it, and then let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Just a natural progression. When you get saved, Holy Spirit comes in. Amen. Uh, is there another verse for that? Yes, 39. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. He is calling you, and you can respond. When I was 15 years old, the preacher gave this, uh, what I call, an invitation today. But I knew that there had not been a change in my life. I'd been going to church for a couple of years before that, but it was just a Sunday thing, and nothing had really changed in my life. And he preached that night on a true change in your life. And I knew that I had not had that change. Maybe that's you today. There is nothing shameful about saying, Well, Mark, I don't know if I were to die right now if I go to heaven. Nothing shameful about it. It's simply sometimes you need to nail it down. You need to know for sure if you're going to heaven or not. And the only way to know is not because Mark's been good or you've been good. It's because Jesus died on a cross for your sins and my sins. I've accepted that. I just want to tell you, there's a piece of bread. Come get it. Amen. Father, have your will and your way in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing one more song, and uh, we'll give you a chance to respond. you take what the enemy means for evil in our life you turn it for good God would you be with this time of response now in Jesus name Holy Spirit would you speak to somebody in this crowd tonight and I ask it in Jesus name amen Julie's gonna sing a little bit more if you need somebody to pray for you brother Martin's on uh, gonna be on this side I'm gonna be on this side we would count it an honor to pray for you if uh, you don't know the Lord uh, please come and let one of us pray with you if you just need to come and you need to just uh, pray at the altar. This altar is open. And uh, if you need to come and join the church, if you need to do anything like that, you come at this time. Father, have your will in your way. In Jesus' name, amen. You come as you need to.
4: You will. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see.
0: prayer for every one of you. Listen, I can preach till I'm blue in the face. Live a life that is guided by the Holy Spirit, but once again, I I can't do it for you. That's a choice every one of us has to make. And so I just pray that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, that you will let God guide your life. Every day I get up, I've I've, I've discovered I have two choices. I can either get up and say, Mark, I'm going to live for you today. I'm going to live for the flesh, what I want, what I need. I'm going to live selfish. Or I can say, Lord, I'm going to live for you today. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to go where you tell me to go. I'm going to do what you tell me to do, regardless whether it pleases me or not. That's our choices every day. So I pray that you'll go this week. I I encourage you. I even challenge you. Try it out. Test it out. Try the Lord's way and see if it don't work 100 times better. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Don't forget, sign up sheet for the uh, fall festival is on the back table back
2: there. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day.